0: Lord to do some miracles that night, whatever that may be, whatever he wants to do, amen? All right, let's get into the message. Point number one, if you want to write it down, this is a big one now, God is everywhere. Everybody say that together, God is everywhere. He is everywhere. Anywhere you go, he's already there. Anywhere you left, he stayed because he's there. He is everywhere all the time. There's not any place that you can go that he's not there. When you go to HEB, he's at ATB. If you go to Target, he's at Target. If you go to Walmart, which is really, you got everything you need right there at Walmart. But if you go there, God is already there. No matter where you go, if you go to places that you should be, he's there. You go to places that you should not be, he's still there. Amen? God is everywhere. You can't see him, but he is everywhere. And let me tell you something. In, in, in the book of Hebrews, it says that he sustains all things by his word. By his word. Everybody say word. Now, when you said that, breath came out. So we're talking about the breath of God. He's sustains every star that is in place is held in place by the breath of God. Every planet is held in place by the breath of God. You have your life today because the breath of God is alive in you. That's why you're, you're living. The scripture says that I, I live and I breathe and I have movement in my body, my mind, my eyes, everything, because the breath of God is inside of me. He is in me. He is everywhere. He's in me. He's out of me. He's above me. He's below me. He is everywhere. The Bible says in, in uh, Colossians, it says that all things, all things, that's every single thing, that's you, that's me, that's, that's, every, that's a little blade of grass, that's a little flower, that's a giant meteors and space. Everything was made by him, for him, and he holds it all together. <laughs> now, there's no way for me to have words that explain that, but just think about it. Everything that you see, everything that you know in your imagination, all of creation is being held together by the breath of God. The breath. Amen? How powerful is our God? The, the closest enemy that he has is, is this little guy we call Lucifer, Satan. And, and he is able to live because the breath of God is in him. Now, he has rejected God, but he has been alla- allowed to maintain and to stay alive because the breath of God is in him. That means that whenever God's done with him, God will just go. Pfft. And that's it. All God's got to do is take back His breath. The breath of God is holding everything in place. Yeah. Amen. I want to ask you something. How strong is your breath? No, that's not. That's the wrong question. That's the wrong question. <laughs> but think about this: if the breath of God can hold everything together, if the breath of God is so magnificent and strong to hold everything together, how strong is the right hand of God? How powerful? Are, are, are the hands of God. The, the Bible talks about it, that the righteous, the, the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it. If, if the breath of God can hold everything in place, then when God stands as a tower and we run into it, ain't nobody coming in that tower. Ain't nobody can touch you in that tower. When God says, I will protect you, then you're protected. Amen? If the breath of God maintains all of life, and, and that's just breath. You can't even see it. There's no force to it. If the breath of God is that powerful, how much more is God when he begins to work truly in the, the fullness of his power? Amen? Are you all with me? The Bible says that, that I will be lifted up on his wings. Ain't nobody going to shoot God down. When he lifts me up, I'm lifted. Nobody can stop it. Nobody can get in the way. The devil can't do anything about it. Nobody, when God wants to do it, he does it because he is all power. If the breath of God can handle everything, how powerful is our God? Amen. Now, point number two here, if God is everywhere, why can't I see him? Why don't I realize he's there? I want you to know our ability to see him is the difference between victory and defeat, life and death. Amen? Now, I don't mean you can physically see him. We're going to talk about in a minute a few people in the Bible that physically saw him. I don't mean that you can physically see him, though that is possible because all things are possible with our God. Amen? But I'm talking about seeing with the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your spirit, the eyes of your faith, of, of seeing him, of being able to see him. Because if you can't see him, then you can't see anything that he is, and you can't see anything that he does. If I'm in a situation that is difficult and I can't see God, I can't see hope, I can't see mercy, I can't see love, I can't see power, I can't see miracles, I can't see anything that comes from God. All I can see is the junk that is in front of my eyes. My, if, if I can go into a situation and find God in the middle of that, then I can be all right. Because my Bible says that if God is with me, who can be against me? And so I've got to be able to see him to know he is there with me. I I may know it up here, but do I sense it? Do I feel it? Am I intimate enough with God that when he walks with me that I know that we're walking together? If I can't see him, I don't have nothing. Amen? How many times do you walk into a situation and you freak out? Okay, there's two of us. (laughs) Stress, fear, anger. Why? Because you can't see God in that moment. He's there because God is everywhere. He He is between you and your wife as you're saying those lovely words to one another, or sometimes not so lovely words. God is right in the between you, hearing everything you're saying. Whatever you see, He sees. Whatever you look at, He's looking at. Whatever you say, He hears. Whatever you do, He's watching. God is everywhere all the time. That means his mercy is ever-present. His help is ever-present. His power is ever-present. We're never more than a simple prayer away from a miracle of God. Because God is everywhere. Amen? Are y'all with me this morning? And we got to be able to see him. we got to be able to to identify him in the midst of the situation. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 in the Beatitudes, Jesus said this, Blessed are the pure in heart. Everybody say pure. pure. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. There it is. The more pure my heart is, the more I see him. The less purity in my heart, the less I see him. Now this word, this word "see" right here, it, it has a lot of different things right here, and, and there, there are three main different words for "see" in, in the original language. One is, I see it because it's in my vision, my peripheral vision. So right now I'm looking over here, but I see Nancy and, and right here in my, in my Nancy and Milton right here in the corner of my eye. Okay, I got eyes in the back of my head. That's how I keep I check on my kids. If I can turn like this. I say, Mario, be still. See that? See that? Eyes in the back. So there's one thing for vision. It's, it's just, uh, I see it. I'm not looking at it, but it's, it's in my vision somewhere. The second word means that you observe it. So I'm observing that Trenton is sitting right here. I'm observing that he's shaking his leg. I'm observing that. I'm observing that. Doesn't mean anything to me. I'm just observing that. Now he changed. He's got his leg. Okay. I'm observing it. I, I see it. But the third word, which is the word used here, it means that something is so remarkable you can't take your eyes off of it. It means something is so wonderful that you are astounded. You're amazed. It is remarkable beyond your comprehension, and you just can't look away. And it says, blessed are those who see God. says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. They will see what he's doing in that they are amazed at his presence. They are astonished. They, they are blown away by what God, the, the situation may look bad and everything's going wrong, but they will see God in the middle of it and understand what he's doing, why he's doing it, what's going on, and be able to say, it is amazing to see God at work in this. Amen. Amen? And, and when they begin to do it, and, and so we got to come to a place where, where every morning we say, Lord, I want to see you. I need to see you in my day. I need to see you in my relationships. I need to see you in my problems. I need to see you in my love life. I need to see you in my work life. I need to see you everywhere that I go. I need you. Amen. I, and, and I want to see God. Amen. Don't you want to see God? I mean, we talk about it a lot, but don't you want to see God move mountains? Don't you want to see God raise people from the dead? Don't you want to see God restore broken hearts and bind up broken wounds? Don't you want to see God do these things? And, and the scripture says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see him. Our ability to exalt Christ depends on our ability to see him. How can I exalt a God that I can't see? How can I praise him in the storm if I can't see him in the storm? How can I call out his name if I don't see him there? In the scripture, it talks about Stephen. And Stephen had the job of taking care of the widows, and he was full of the Holy Spirit, and he began to preach. And you know the story. He began to preach, and, and talking about Christ being the Messiah, and the people didn't like it, and so they picked up stones, and they began to stone him. I want you to think for just a minute what it would be like to be stoned. Sometimes we read through the scripture, we don't really get the full magnitude of what was happening. He's standing there, and a giant crowd of people begin to pick up rocks, big rocks, and just start throwing it at him. He's got nowhere to go. If you've ever seen it, you know, now it, it still happens in the Middle East, and, and you can see pictures. Sometimes there are women that are, that are buried halfway in the dirt, and they can't move, and they're just getting hit by rocks in the face, back of the head, blood. This is what Stephen's going through. But the scripture says that as he's going through that, the heavens open and he sees God. He sees Jesus. And, and the scripture says that he fell asleep. You see, when we learn how to see God in the situation, it doesn't matter who's throwing stones at you, it doesn't matter what people are saying, you will see God and have a peace inside of you. Amen? They didn't stop throwing rocks, but he fell asleep because he saw God. Now, right there with him was a man named Saul, and Saul was watching. Saul didn't see God at that time. But later, as Saul's going to persecute more Christians, you know the story. God opened the heavens, and now Saul sees a bright light, and Jesus begins to speak to him and said, Why do you persecute me? And, and, and he sees God. He sees God not the same way that Stephen did, but he sees God, he hears a voice, he knows who it is. And, and so, have you ever been going some way in your life, some direction, and then God wake you up and say, that's the wrong way? You thought, I, I, I think I like this guy, I like to date him, and God said, no. Right? You think, I think I'm going to take this job? No. I think I'm going to walk out today? No. See, whenever you see God, he gives you guidance. If you can't see him, you're walking around in the dark. You don't know where to go. You don't do I go to the right or the left? Do I go straight? I don't know. Should I be in this relationship? Should I not? Should I get out? Should I? Should I fast today? Should I? What should I do? I don't know. I can't see. But when you see God, he will get you on the right path for your life according to his plan that is good, pleasing, and perfect. Amen? You'd be going the wrong direction. God said, let me show you something. Go this way you think thinking, this has got to be the way, it's got to be the way, it's got to be the way, and you're miserable, miserable, miserable. And God says, if you just look up, I'll show you there's a different way, but I've got to be able to see him. Amen? One of my favorite stories is the one about Elisha, and the whole army was coming to kill this one man, Elisha, and Elisha had a servant. And the servant walked out, and he sees this entire army surround him in the mountains, and he starts to kind of go a little crazy, and Elisha could see God in his heart. But then he prayed and he said, Let my servant see with his own physical eyes. And suddenly he could see the angels behind the army, the chariots of fire. See, when, wherever your enemy is and wherever you're being attacked from, God has that enemy surrounded already. The victory is already about to happen. You just can't see it yet. But Elisha could see God in his heart. See, whenever you begin to find God in all your different situations, there is a peace that will come over you. There is a, you don't have to worry what somebody's doing. Well, somebody's going to go tell the boss. I don't care what somebody tells the boss if the boss fires you because God's got a better job. Amen? Well, well, well they're gonna do this there you don't have to worry about what anybody's gonna do none of that you don't have to worry about because god is still in charge and he has everything surrounded and he will allow what he would allow for you amen so you know don't, we, don't we worry so much god is saying if you would just see me just see me now let me talk about the problem our nature is sinful ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 it says you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self everybody say old self that's a sinful nature you were taught to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires i'm gonna give you a little english lesson real quick everybody say is being corrupted here's your lesson that is the progressive tense means it's ongoing When Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the garden, God said, you got to get out because sin separates me from you. That's what sin still does. It separates me from God. But this is telling me that my nature, the way I am without God, just all by myself, that I am continually deceiving and decaying within myself. There is ongoing decay in my spirit. Are you all with me this morning? It, 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 I mean, as far as Adam and Eve had to get, but, but now I have sinned, and I keep sinning, I keep sinning, I keep sinning, I keep sinning, and in my very nature, by its deceitful desire, look what it says, by its deceitful desire, because we desire things that are bad. Amen? We desire things that don't help anybody. We desire, but here's what it says, deceitful, so I think it's going to help, I think it's going to be good, but once I get in there, it's not so good. And so my flesh, my body, without God, without any help, if it weren't for the Holy Spirit, I'd be so lost in these deceitful desires, all I would do is sin and sin and sin and sin. But it's the Holy Spirit that holds me in check. Without the Holy Spirit, every thought that I have is deceitful, and I just keep doing it, and I am ongoing decaying. My spirit is dying over and over and over again, more and more, every single day. Amen? I'm not saying you personally. I'm saying all of us as humanity because sin is in everybody. Do we understand? Sometimes we, 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 we kind of shrug sin off as if it's not that bad, but my sinful nature, who I am, is getting worse and worse every day by itself if it's not for the Holy Spirit holding me in check. Amen? It's, it's illustrated by the, the, the words, uh, a hardening of hearts. It's just who I am. On my own power, I can't even cry out to God. Why? Because my flesh doesn't want God. Why? Because God wants me to love other people. And I don't want to love other people. I want to love me. I want what I want. I want you to love me. I want everybody to love me. Love me, love me, love me. And by the way, let me define love. Love means bluebell. Give me more bluebell. <laughs> love me, love me, love me. Love means I date somebody who's not good for me. Love means that I get into relationships bad for me. Love means I use my money unwisely because I want what I want, when I want it, how I want it right then. You see, so I can't even cry out to God because there's nothing in me that wants God. Everything that God is, I hate. That's why the Bible says that the mind of a sinner is in opposition to God. The mind of a sinner is hostile to God. Why? Because God wants me to do stuff for you. God wants me to, to keep my mouth shut unless I'm saying something that's building you up. And I want to tell you what I want to tell you when I want to tell you. Amen? Y'all look at me like y'all have never done that. I know you've done that. See, we need a Savior. You see, the more I understand that it only by the grace of God am I kept from falling so deep into sin that I realize how good he is we give ourselves too much credit well look how good I am I quit drinking I quit smoking I quit cussing I quit I quit I quit I quit well you think you quit on your own because you remember after you quit like two weeks later you did it again and then you said okay that's it and then three weeks later you did it again Remember he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to control my temper, and then the next day you lost it again? And he said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start being patient with my kids, and then they woke up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You see, if you did it, then you would have stayed that way. You didn't do it. God helps you do it, and he helps you day by day. That's why Jesus said, give us this day our daily bread. I need his help every day, or I'm going to fall right back into it. Not because I'm a horrible person, but because I am human. So this is everybody. Amen? We can't walk around and look how good I am. There ain't nothing good in me, the Apostle Paul said. Everything about me desires things that are bad for me. And it's only God that helps me not fall so deep into that. Y'all with me? And, and, and so, uh, you know, we need a Savior who could save us from ourselves, and He showed up. We needed a savior that could conquer death, and He did. We needed a savior that could change our mind, and He does. But without a savior, where are we? Spiritual decay makes me unaware of God. Everybody say "unaware." unaware. I am teaching you now. Look in Ephesians four eighteen and nineteen. It says they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them. Turn to somebody and say, You're, "No, don't say that." Now, we use ignorant the wrong way. Ignorant means an absence of knowledge. It doesn't mean dumb. It doesn't mean stupid. It doesn't mean any of those words. It means an absence of knowledge. If I'm ignorant of something, I am ignorant of how to fix cars. If I go to the shop and they tell me, yeah, you need a whirly-doo zipper thing, I'll say, how much? (laughs) Because I don't know. So listen to what this says now. They are darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God, Because they are unaware, they are unaware, they are ignorant of what? Of God, the presence of God. They can't see him. Spiritual care makes me ignorant of God. It makes me, it keeps me from seeing God. God purifies my heart, but when I sin, my heart gets darkened and I become less aware of God. Everybody say it, less aware. Does that sound weird? Because as believers here, we all know that God is everywhere. We just talked about it. We just amended it. God is everywhere. How can I be unaware of God if I'm fully aware that he is everywhere? Have you ever sinned? Have you ever sinned and in the moment you have no remorse at all? You just said what you wanted to say as if God wasn't even there. You did what you did as if God wasn't even there. That's what it's talking about. My natural state is I am falling more and more into spiritual decay so that I begin to live life as if God isn't even there. There there are so many things that we are doing in our life as if God doesn't see it. We talk to people as if God doesn't hear it. If we saw God face to face, we, we wouldn't use that same kind of language. We wouldn't say those same kind of things. But suddenly, though I know God is everywhere, God's not here, so I can just cuss you out. And I'm okay with it because you deserve it. And God is saying, hello, I'm right here. We let our eyes look at things they shouldn't look at. We let our ears listen to things they shouldn't hear. We let our tongues say things that should never be spoken. And all the while, we have no remorse in the moment. Now, five minutes later, 10 minutes later, the next day, whenever the consequence, when you get caught, then all of a sudden we got remorse. But this is what sin does. My natural state is to fall into sin. It craves sin. It wants sin. It wants everything that is bad. And, and then I get to the place where it separates me from the life of God and I begin to live as if God's not even around. Are y'all with me this morning? I sin as if I can't see. I sin as if, I, as if, as if my sin doesn't hurt him. You know, if, if you were to come and hurt my kid, I'm going to be upset. I'm just telling you, I'm going to try to be all Jesus about it, but I'm going to be upset. Don't hurt my kids, right? Well, when you hurt somebody else, you just hurt his kid. And we do it, and we think, well, it doesn't bother God. We act like it doesn't. Are you kidding me? That's why the Bible says, as you do unto the least of these. Amen? And, we, and we, we are so unaware because that's what sin is doing. And, and, and we not only do we not understand that he is there when we're doing it, but we also don't see any help. We don't see any power. We don't see any way out. We don't see any truth. We can't find anything because we don't see God at all. Why? Because our natural state is sinful, and a hardened heart can't see God. Only a pure heart can see God. Y'all with me? I'm hurrying now. I'm hurrying. Ephesians four 4.19, look what it says. Having lost all sensitivity. Everybody say sensitivity. So what it's talking about is you sin. Why do you sin? Because that's your nature. You sin. When you continue to sin, it darkens your understanding. You begin to live as if God isn't even, even around, just doing what you want. You don't even care. If you continue on, it says you will lose sensitivity. Some versions have feeling. Some verses it says, you become apathetic. Well, it doesn't matter if I read my Bible today, I'll just do it tomorrow. I don't really have to pray for my enemies because God knows what they did. I'll go to church next week. I'm tired today. Do you, see, do you see the progression of sin? Not only can I not see God, but everything I do see is dark. And I begin to fall away, having lost all sensitivity all sensitivity and what happens when that happens it says they have given themselves over to sensuality i don't just think about sex it includes that but it's talking about fleshly things anything your flesh wants they give themselves over to that to indulge in other words indulges i get what i want don't tell me i can't have it i don't care what god says he's not here i know he's not here because i've been living in sin and i don't see him And I indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Now, this is who we are naturally. This is just who we are. And we get confused because the Holy Spirit is keeping us from just falling over the edge. It's God that's doing that, not me. Are you all with me this morning? I know this isn't a rah-rah, yay-yay thing, but it is what it is. It's the truth. Amen. We lose all sensitivity. The more I sin, the darker my heart becomes. And the harder it is for me to see him, the harder it is for me to hear him. And I begin to live as if he doesn't exist. Now, somebody said, do you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. But my lifestyle looks like I don't believe in him. Or at least in the moment of my sin, well, God doesn't care. I'll have an affair. God's not here. Yeah, he's there. He's in the bed with you. He's watching. He sees. He's also with your spouse. that doesn't know. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but the thing is, in our culture, in the Western culture, of the Western church, we have taken sin and said, it's no big deal. It is a huge deal because you can't see God. And when I can't see God, what do I have? Nothing. Every circumstance is overwhelming. I need to see him. I need to know he is there with me in the middle of my issue. And what happens is the more I get into this, the more things happen. The the scripture says, let me give you this thing. A hardened heart is infatuated with death. Look in James chapter 1. I'm hurrying now. It says, James chapter 1, verse 13, When tempted, no one should say, God has tempted me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted by his own evil desire. He is dragged away and enticed. Do y'all hear everybody say desire? desire? Now, what am I enticed by? The things that cause death. In my natural state, I make decisions that destroy. I make decisions that kill, that kill relationships. They kill futures, they kill dreams, they kill happiness, they kill joy, they kill peace. I I am literally attracted to decisions that destroy, if it weren't for the Holy Spirit. We make decisions that hurt people, and we're apathetic. I don't care. It's my life. I'll do what I want. If it hurts you, it hurts you. That's, That's your problem. But the Bible says I'm supposed to love one another, love others more than I love myself. So how can I love others more than myself and then tell you, I don't care what you think. I don't care how it affects you. Why am I doing this? Because of sin in my life. But the problem is that I'm trying to get to is because of all that, you can't see God. You can't see him. A hard heart makes us a fool. A fool. Makes us a fool. Let me tell you why I'm saying that. Because you'll do something. If you ever, if you ever sinned, and then the consequences came down on you. Anybody, raise your hand. You don't talk about. All right, we've all sinned, so you don't have to be ashamed of that. Then the consequences come down, and you think, man, why did I do that? It was so dumb, so stupid. Why did I do that? And then a month later, you do it again, and they are so dumb, it's so stupid. Why did I do that? And then a week later, you do it again. See, the reason I'm saying that, that, that a hard heart makes you a fool is because you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. You've already figured out it doesn't work, but you just keep on doing it over and over like a fool. Amen. I have been a fool too often that you want to know about your pastor. Trust me on that. Amen. Now, I spend a lot of time on that, and I'm almost done with my introduction. what I I want you to see is in your natural state without God you'll fall deeper and deeper into sin and it won't feel like sin it'll feel like I'm doing what I want I'm doing what I need I'm doing what's best for me that's what it feels like but what it is it's selfishness because as you're doing it you're hurting other people you with me? And so I want you to understand that. Now, let me go back to Ephesians chapter 4. It says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Everybody say attitude. Attitude. Now, that word attitude is translated into spirit, it's translated into air. In other words, when God shines his light into your darkness and you receive it, He gives you a new air. Now, what is air? Remember, the breath of life is what's inside of me. So I have the breath of life that keeps my physical body alive, whether I love God or not. But when I get saved and when I come to the Lord, he breathes into me again. Now my spirit comes to life. And and I am changed. God changes my DNA so that I stop desiring those things that hurt everybody and stop desiring things that hurt me. And I start desiring things that are going to make life better. For everybody else and for me, I learned how to love instead of being selfish. I learned how to give instead of being stingy. I learned how to be like God instead of being like the devil. I learned that God is with me, and everywhere I go, he is there. And, and it changes how I see things, changes everything, and I begin to see him. Amen? But here's what I want you to see in verse 24. It says, your new self, that's, that's when you get saved, the, the new self, God, is created to be like God it's not like God it's created to be like God so what does that mean that means now I have a potential in me to do the right thing I have the potential in me to honor God instead of honoring myself I have the potential to love instead of hate I have the potential to forgive instead of holding a grudge I have the potential to to, to be happy instead of being jealous are y'all with me It stops the lies. It stops the deceit. It stops the decay. It brings the dead back to life. The more I go into sin, the harder it is for me to see God, and I don't even know it because i become ignorant. All you got to do is look out in society. People that, that do not honor God, they have no idea where their life is or where it's going. Why? Because the hardening of the heart makes them unaware of God. I want to share with you one last thing, and I'll be done. If I get a few more amens, I'll go another hour, I'll tell you. (laughs) King David. King David was a man after God's own heart. And then one day, all of a sudden, he commits adultery, follows it up with murder, just like that. Seemingly out of the blue. And when it finally hits him what he's done, he writes these words in Psalm 51. He says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out all my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts; You teach wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Only God can make my heart pure. here's what happens when i get saved the holy spirit comes into me and changes my dna changes my potential so now i'm able to seek god instead of just being rendered to seek after my own lustful desires but if i don't follow that then i stay darkened and i don't see god but when i begin to do what god has asked me to do the light begins to get brighter and brighter and i begin to see god And as I see him, my heart is purified. And then wherever I go, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he is with me. How can I see him in the valley of shadow of death? It's dark. I can see him with my mind's eye, my spirit's eye, my faith's eye. And so no matter where I go, I am okay because he is with me and I can see him. The more I sin, The more I can't see, the more I stress, the more I worry, the more I do damage, the more I hurt people, the more I hurt myself, the more I live righteous, the more I see God, the more peace I have, the more love I have, the more everything of God I have. The question today that I have for you, what do you want? What do you want? Do you want to see God? The only way we purify our hearts, because God doesn't do it, He has to do it, but what prompts him to do it when I repent? When I say, Lord, I never should have done it. Forgive me for what I did. And then I go make restitution, I make it right. Right now, today, there are things in your life that you know you never should have done. There are things in my life that I never should have done. And the question is, have you repented? Have you repented? If you haven't repented, don't expect to see God. Because if you maintain that without repentance, the heart's going to get harder and it's going to get darker. Not because you're evil, but because that's the nature of the sinful nature in you. You want to be able to see God for the future? You want to teach your kids how to see God? Get sin out of your life. And when you do it, you repent. I mean, think about it. How many things are we doing as Christians that are sinful and we know it and we do it like it's nothing? Because we have not been living right, and we don't see God, and we're living as if he doesn't exist, as if he's not even around, and we just do it like nothing. And then we wonder why we're so afraid, why we're so scared, why we're so worried, because we can't see him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen? just just bow your heads with me for a moment we serve a God who establishes his identity as light and light has the power to pierce darkness. And so, Lord, even as we talk about this today and in, in, in the natural state of who I am without you, what joy fills my soul to know that your light pierces my darkness. And at any moment your truth can get in, because darkness cannot overpower light. And Lord, I pray for a divine moment right now where your light will pierce into the darkness. Lord, we need to see you. We want to see you. Help us to see you. Heavenly Father, we we are not condemned, but we are convicted. Lord we just pray right now that you would move upon this place and as we, as we begin to sing and if there are things in your life that you need to repent of that you need to get right maybe you just need to accept Christ just say Lord I, I've, never, I've never given you my all Today's a day. Maybe you've had an affair, you've had an abortion, you, you're drinking too much, you're smoking too much, you're, you're hateful, you're, you're holding on to grudges, you're jealous, you're controlling. Let his light shine into your heart today. And I just pray that during this song, if you want to come to the altar, come to the altar.